take your Bibles and turn to 1 Peter chapter 4. Uh, right now, again, for those who are visiting, we're um, actually in a study of the uh, Gospel of Mark, and uh, we're going to take the day off from that today uh, to look at the body of Christ um, because we are celebrating this body of Christ this morning uh, and uh, praising God for uh, this gift. So 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7 is where we're going to start the reading this morning. 1 Peter 4, 7. The end of all things is near. Therefore be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Peter wrote this. One of Jesus' closest friends. One of, one of Jesus' choice servants. One that, as we mentioned last week, one that Jesus told early in his ministry that he was going to end up dying for his faith and for his service for Christ. And so before Peter died, he did lots of great things, including writing this letter to a group of churches throughout what what is now present-day Turkey. He wrote this letter, and he was confident, because the Lord Jesus had told him, that the end was near. And you might think, well, he was off, you know, missed by at least 2,000 years in, in, in some odd years. So he, he was kind of off. But he, he lets us know in his second letter that he's not off. Because he said we have to understand time and, and, and near and far from God's perspective. And in Second Peter chapter 3, he says, some people say, He's not going to come because he said he was coming soon and he hasn't come yet. And so that's not been soon. So he's probably not coming. And everything just keeps going on the same way it always does. It always goes. But Peter said, no, that's not true. He is coming. He's coming soon. But you have to understand that with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years. And a thousand years is like a day. So with that kind of calendar, we've been waiting a little over two days, not very long. And so what Peter says is absolutely true. The end is near because we look at it from God's perspective, from the perspective of God's word. He's coming back. And he's, and we've been, in, in the study of the Gospel of Mark, we've been seeing that there will be signs of his coming. 
And those signs have been steady all the way through these 2,000 years, and they're very loud right now. They're very bright right now. They're, they're flashing right now. Jesus called them the, the, the pains of childbirth, the birth pains. Before the real labor starts, there are those, there are those pre-labor pains, and we're in those right now. So the, the time is near. And he's writing this, helping these churches and ours to be ready for that moment when the Lord Jesus returns. And so the way he's readied us is by putting us together in bodies like this one. Local church bodies. Much of the New Testament is written to help local church bodies understand how they're supposed to work and serve together. And this is a a great passage that kind of gives a synopsis of what we're supposed to be about, how we're supposed to do this. And so look what he says as he reminds us that the end is coming and and that we need to be ready and that we can help each other be ready by being clear-minded and self-controlled so that we can pray. He wants us to be praying for each other. He knows this is going to be, this end time is going to be a tough time. It was a tough time for those in the first century that he was writing to. It's a tough time for us today. And he wants us to be clear-minded and self-controlled so that we can pray. You know what that means? There are things that hinder our prayers. Throughout his word, he tells us that sin hinders our prayers. That's why he mentions these two aspects to help us prevent the sins. Being clear-minded, sober-minded, on top of our thoughts, on top of our thinking. Filling our minds with the Word of God so that we can think correctly about what's going on in our lives and how we're supposed to handle our lives and how we're supposed to deal with our lives. That we would be men and women, boys and girls of His Word so that we know how to think about the things that are going on around us. And to be self-controlled. So that we won't just do everything that our body tells us to do or everything that our culture tells us to do. But that we will remember the word of God and do the things that he's told us to do and not do the things that he's told us not to do. And in so doing, we'll be in position to pray, which is one of our chief ministries. One of our chief ways of serving one another, that we would be people who pray. And so, Midway Community Church will ask the question, are we praying? Are we fulfilling this role that God has given us in his church to pray? Are we praying for one another? Are we praying for our community? Are we praying for our state, for our country? Are we praying for the world? Are we praying for our brothers and sisters both here within this body and and, and outside this body, both here in our community and around the world, are we praying? There are occasions when the Apostle Paul says, pray for all the saints, all believers, all the people who, who love the Lord Jesus Christ. But he also tells us to pray for each other in our families and, and, and within, our, within this local body. And so I ask you, are you doing that? Now, if it depended on prayer meeting, 
I say some of you are not. But that's not what that's not what he's talking about. Prayer means one of those opportunities where we get together and pray together and intercede for the rest of the body. But that's not the only time we pray. Oh, we pray on Sunday mornings. We've had numerous prayers here this morning already. This isn't the temple. This this local church building is not the temple. But remember what Jesus said about the temple? It's a house of prayer. Well, the local church building is also a house of prayer in that the, the people who pray come together. And sometimes when we're together, we pray. But this, this word from 1 Peter is one of the things that will remind you of why we do pray when we come together. He, this is an important ministry that he wants us to share together in the local church. And he wants us to be ready for prayer by being clear-minded, sober-minded, by being self-controlled, by, by taking care of our business with him. Making sure that we're not living in sin. A lot, of, a lot of people think, you know, their sins aren't that big of a deal. They've asked, they've asked the Lord to forgive them when they, when they received him, and now their sins aren't that big a deal because they're already forgiven. No, our sins are a big deal all the time. He wrote, the, or he wrote through the Apostle John, the first letter to John, uh, first the first epistle from John, we call 1 John. He wrote that whole epistle to remind us to, to stay in fellowship with God by confessing our sins to him. That's why 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is, is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He says that so that we'll do that. That's part of, of being clear-minded is recognize our sinfulness and confess it immediately to him. We don't have to be in church. We don't have to go to a, to a special booth to talk to a special person. We can go directly to God through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and confess our sins. And in doing so, open up that fellowship with him, enabling us again to pray for, the, for our, our own lives and for the lives of those that we love and care about and as, as I mentioned, all the others as well. He goes on. Above all, so we're, we're, we're going up in order here. Love each other deeply. Midway. Love each other deeply. It's a big deal. And he gives us, he tells us why. Because love covers over a multitude of sins. You know what happens when people get together? Sin. Sin happens. Some of you are back in church today for the first time maybe in years because of sin. You've been in church before and it wasn't pretty. And you're hoping that this place is going to be different. Sorry. Love each other deeply, not just because it's so nice to be in an environment where there's a lot of love, and it is nice to be in an environment where there's a lot of love. 
But love covers over sin and not just a little little sin, a lot of sin. And we need that. All of us need that. All of us need a place where we, where we are loved in spite of our sinfulness. Now, we have that place in the, in the overall body of Christ because all of us who are in the body of Christ are those who have put our trust in Jesus and he has forgiven us of our sins. He accepts us when we receive him. And remember how John told us we receive him? In John 1.12, he said, when Jesus came into the world, people didn't receive him. His own people, the Jewish people, they didn't receive him. But he says this in verse 12, but to those who did receive him, because some did. And then he describes it, to those who believed on his name, he gives the right to become children of God. It's our desire as, as, a, as a local church for all of us to be members of the family of God before, we be, before we're a member of, of this local church. That's why when, when, when people come and let us know that they want to join the, this fellowship, they want to be a member here, we'll ask them, not, not in front of everybody, but in, a, in another meeting, we'll ask them, have you received the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you believe on his name? Do you believe that he is the one who forgives us of our sins? He died for your sins. Do you want to live your life for him because he is the Lord? Give your life to him to serve him? That's, that's what the body of Christ does. And so we want to make sure that the members of Midway are first members of that family before they're members of this family. Because that family is the more important of the families to be the family in the family of God. But that makes us a smaller, within the larger group, this makes us a smaller family of God. And in this family, we need to love each other deeply. Because we need to forgive each other. We need to help each other. We need to care for each other. The Apostle Paul said in Galatians chapter 6 that when, that when one of us within the body of Christ stumbles and falls, that those of us who are spiritual should help them up. And some of us well, who can do that? Who, who's, who's spiritual enough to do that? Well, the people who've confessed their sins and are right with God. You know, when, when Jesus talked about helping people, in John chapter, excuse me, in Matthew chapter seven, in the Sermon on the Mount, he said, "Don't judge, or you'll be judged. With the same measure that you use to judge others, it'll be used on you." He said, "Don't find, don't don't see a speck in in your brother's eye. And try to remove that until you first take the log out of your own eye. So then you'll be able to see the speck to help your brother out with this with his issue." So who's spiritual? The one who's taking the log out of his eye. And when you're taking a log out of your own eye, you're recognizing that you also are a sinner. And so that whenever you're trying to help somebody else out, you've first taken care of your own business. 
And that humbles us. And that means that that those of us who are helping each other in our lives to walk with Christ, to be these self-controlled prayer warriors that he wants us to be, that we're all addressing our own issues too. That keeps us away from the tendency that some of the leaders of the Jews had in Jesus' day of being self-righteous. See, none of us have cause to ever be self-righteous because we know we're not. The only righteousness that we have is the righteousness that Jesus has given us, and that is righteousness. And we mess that up too, which is why we have to continue to confess. That's why we continue to pull these logs out of our own eyes so that we won't think that we're something when we're not. When we do recognize our own sin and we do confess those things, then we're also able to help our brothers and sisters with the same thing, which is why it's so important for us to love each other deeply. Remember, that's the call of that symbol right there. That's the picture of love in Christ, in the body of Christ. The self-sacrifice that kind of love. No matter what it costs, kind of love. That's the kind of love the people sitting on your row in your section here at Midway Community Church need. People who love each other deeply. Offering, he continues, offering hospitality to one another without grumbling. Yeah. He said it, without grumbling. Okay, we'll, we'll pause for a moment for silent confession. That's a big deal. Paul mentioned it in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 when he was going through some of the major sins. As he's describing why the Old Testament, one of the reasons that the Old Testament is so important, and remember, you're going to hear a lot these days about not re- not reading the Old Testament. I heard, I heard today in our, in our adult Bible study class at 9.30, somebody gave somebody a Bible to a, to a young person, and the young person started asking their parents about the stuff that they were reading, and they put the Old Testament off limits. Too much, too much going on in there. They didn't want their kid reading it. You're going to hear a lot of people say, don't read that. It's not, it's not applicable today. It is applicable today. And the Apostle Paul said, you read these things as believers in Jesus to find out how God deals with sin, to see how he feels about sin and what he does about it. And you know what's one of the things that's listed in there? He he, he looks back at the Israelites and he said, some of them grumbled. And God destroyed them with the destroying angel. He don't like grumbling. He mentions it here. In the context of hospitality, in the context, again, of sacrificing ourselves and our stuff for others. Because sometimes we do it, but sometimes we do it with an attitude. He says, do it without the grumbling. Like, like you tell your teenager sometimes. Hey, do this without the attitude, please. 
without the grumbling. Self-control. It applies, that are, there it applies. If you, if you tend toward grumbling, as some of us do, then look at this as an issue of self-control. The Lord doesn't want you to do it. You want to do it. Who's going to win? You are. For him. By asking him to help you not to do the thing that he doesn't want you to do. And that's what he'll help you do. You might ask a friend or two within the body of Christ even. Say, hey, I am working at not grumbling. Will you help me? Now remember, they'll help you. They're going to tell you. <clears throat> no grumbling. <sighs> but you know what? You know what happens when you make a commitment and you share that commitment with somebody else and ask them to help you hold to that commitment? When they do, you can handle it. Because you've shared your commitment with them. You're in this together. You want that. That's part of what the body of Christ is. That's part of what we celebrate today on this special day. That we have each other to help hold each other accountable to these things. Even things that seem so minor like grumbling. Well, remember, sin is not minor in any of its forms. And grumbling is one of those things. He continues. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. Now, this is a critical phrase here. Faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. When we think of grace, we usually think of salvation, the forgiveness of our sins, as a gift from God. And we should, because that is the ultimate picture of grace. But here... The Word of God tells us that the gifts that God gives each of us in our lives are also by His grace. That means we don't deserve it, but we receive it and we use it for Him. He wants Midway Community Church to be filled with people who recognize that the gifts that they've received are freely given by Him Not because we deserve it, but because he wants us to serve him by serving the body of Christ. And he wants all of us to use our gifts to that end. This is a big challenge. Everybody. He is right, he is in this statement, he is very clearly saying that Being a part of a local church, being a part of Midway Community Church is not a spectator sport. We don't get to sit back and let other people do the serving and the speaking. Because he he breaks the, the gifts down into two categories in this passage. The speakers, who are supposed to speak as if they're speaking the very words of God, which means that the speakers at Midway Community Church better be pretty acquainted with the Word of God. But it isn't just the formal speaking like I'm doing now or like maybe your teacher in in one of your classes does or that kind of thing. It's also our speaking to each other, remembering the Word of God, 
It influences our conversation. But, he's, but, he, but in the classification of these gifts, some are speaking gifts and others are serving gifts. If we're servers, servants, he wants us also to do that with the strength that he gives us because you can't do it in your own strength if you're really going to do it. It's bigger than that. It's more than that. You have to have his strength to do it. And if he's given you the gift, he will also give you the strength to do it. But we do it all for his glory. That's the end result. And so, we ask ourselves, as individuals within the body of Midway Community Church, am I using all my gifts, whatever they might be, and again, in this particular passage, it's speaking specifically of the spiritual gifts that we receive when we receive the Lord, and he gives each of us different spiritual gifts. But it also, in this, in this context, he's also referring to all the resources that he puts at our disposal, all the gifts that he gives us. We bring everything that we are to him, and we serve others through those gifts that we didn't deserve that he gave us. And so we have to ask ourselves as individuals within the body of all ages, what has God given me so that I can serve this body? Wouldn't it be amazing? I think of this sometimes. Wouldn't it be amazing if every person who came together here on Sunday morning came with the attitude of, Lord, help me serve someone today. In this, in this two, three-hour time period, today, four-hour time period. Help me, help me serve someone. Wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't that be a really cool place to come to? Now, one of the things that makes this a real cool place to come to is that a lot of people come with that attitude. And it makes a difference. But what if we were all ready as we came in? Now, some of us have... You know, like I've got a thing that I'm supposed to do at a certain time. Now I've got to be ready for that. But hopefully I'm ready for curveballs also. Other opportunities also. To use, again, whatever God has given me, whether it's spiritual gifts or experiences or talents that I might have. That I'm, for, for example, I'm often called on to get stuff off the higher shelves of things. All right? I got I. I didn't do anything about, I didn't, I didn't deserve, you know, being this tall. I didn't deserve the bumps on my head that I have. But I better use it for him. When I was younger, that was one of my commitments about playing, about playing basketball. Okay, Lord, you made me tall. Help me to do the best I can in basketball and to honor you. And, to, and hopefully to some degree had, had success in doing that. Now it's getting stuff off the higher shelves. Or killing a bug that nobody else can reach or whatever. But I hope I'm ready to use whatever I have to help whatever the circumstance and need might be. And sometimes that help comes by having knowledge, which again, part of what God's given us, having knowledge of the body of Christ and know somebody who can do that. One Sunday morning before baptism, 
And those of you who haven't been here for baptism service, um, we, we, this, this little area up here fills up with water. So there's a little pool in there. And so I get changed over there somewhere. And I was going over to get changed, or, or actually I was bringing my stuff in early Sunday morning to, to get my, my area ready over there because it's not an official changing area. And there was a squirrel ca- caught in the rat trap that we have up there. This is back when, when the squirrels were getting in. We, we think we've got that fixed. It's been years now. But first thought I had, where's Howard? Okay. I knew where Howard was. I had knowledge of these things. I knew he'd be in Ron Young's class at that time. And I went, and Ron was, and Howard was in there, and I got his attention. He got up. I said, there's a squirrel. That was like, okay, no big deal. I wouldn't have been able to do this, okay? No big deal. He might have went and got Hilton. I don't know how he, how he handled it. But somehow, when I got back up there to change clothes, no squirrel. And so sometimes accomplishing these things and, and giving God the glory for all that he's given us is knowing each other so that we can help each other, so that we can serve each other. I was thinking this week, I've got a, I've got a friend who uh, is just really struggling, and, and, and one of her biggest struggles is that her husband won't get help for his alcoholism and it's just terrible and I got this thought I know some I know some wives who've been dealing with that for a long time I'm going to hook them up together somehow so that's my new prayer not that I can do something I've been trying for years maybe somebody I know can do something somebody within the body of Christ can help this sister out and realize that there's still life, even though it doesn't feel like it sometimes. That's a gift I've got. A gift of some knowledge of this body of Christ. Do you realize, member or thinking about member being a member of Midway Community Church, do you realize when you become a member, you all of a sudden have all of these resources at your disposal? If you have a need, somebody around here probably has gone through that before and will give you some pointers or some ideas and some prayer. And they might even be able to fix it right then, like Howard did, however he did it. Again, I didn't go along. He handled it. You've got everybody. That is so awesome. That is such a great way to live life. But the only way you can take advantage of all of these blessings of being in the local body of Christ is if you do this. If you see yourself, again, as God sees you, a not deserving person that he's given a lot to. And he wants you to use that a lot that he's given you for his body, for his glory. See yourself like that. That makes all of us humble because we know that whatever we have, he gave us. There's no room for pride. There's no room for arrogance. There's no room for self-righteousness. And so we bring who we are and what we are, what we have together. And we serve Christ together 
in it. But you've got to know people. You, you've, got to know, you've got to know people and be known by people for this to work. And so I want to encourage you. If you aren't a part of a smaller group than this of Midway Community Church, I want to encourage you to figure out a way to do that. And there's, there, are, there are a few different ways of doing it, but figure out a way. Some of you have vowed you're never going back to Sunday school, all right, because something bad happened. You know, a teacher called on you when you were in sixth grade to read a passage, and it had so many ishbites and uchbites and all that kind of stuff, and you were so embarrassed, and people were laughing, and that was, you know, that scarred you for life, and you're never going back. Come back. Come back. Rodney, Rodney wasn't kidding. It is amazing how great it can be to get together with God's people around the Word of God. And we do our best not to call on anybody to read. Now, sometimes we'll, somebody will still sneak through and do that. But don't worry about whatever, what it was that caused you not to want to go or, or because somebody was mean to you in a Sunday school class. And I'm not going to say that won't happen here. But I will say this. Love covers over a multitude of sins. And we can do that together. But if, 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 if that hour doesn't work for you, come into prayer meeting is another way to get to know a few a smaller group of people. The men's Bible study on Thursday mornings at 6.30 or, or men's and women's activities somehow make this thing smaller. Some of you think, well, this is small enough. No, no you can't know everybody here. And sitting in here, you don't have an opportunity to do anything but sing, pray, and listen. But there are lots of opportunities within this body if you allow yourself to be used. And that's what he's saying here. He gave you who you are. He gave you what you have. And he's given you a mission. He's given you a job. Be a part of the body and let him use you. Now, I'm, I told myself I wasn't going to go till 12.04, and I did. This food's going to start getting cold pretty soon, so we've got to stop. But as we, as, we finish, as we finish the service this morning, commit yourself. Recommit yourself, because some of you have been committed to this body for a long time. Recommit yourself to using who you are as what he's given you for his glory within the body of Christ. And if you haven't been a, become a part of the body yet, make today that day. Let's bow together in prayer. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you this morning for the gift of the body of Christ, the local body of Christ, for this specific body of Christ, Midway Community Church. And thank you for the instruction that you've given us in your word. Thank you for the zillion of illustrations of ways to do it within your word and encouragements and challenges. And we pray that we would use these resources to bring you maximum glory for the gifts that you've given us in every way. Father, for any who are here this morning who who need to receive Jesus, they know that. They may still be a little confused in, in what they need to do. I pray that you would just let them know to put their trust in Jesus, to say to him, I believe what you did on the cross was for me. I believe you could do it because you're the son of God. I believe you rose again to give me the promise 
of eternal life. Help them to do that this morning, Father. And Father, we give you thanks for the celebration that we're about to have for making us one of your local bodies. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.